a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome to today's program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 34 today. We're going to jump right into this impeachment stuff because there have been some developments that started uh, last night and have continued into this morning. And uh, it has been changing so much, it's difficult to keep track. Right now, it looks like uh, Republicans have the vote sufficient to ensure that uh, there will not be witnesses uh, in the remainder of these proceedings and that uh, it's possible for these things to wrap up, the impeachment trial of the president to wrap up in the next Uh, a few days, maybe even this evening. Uh, And so to help me keep this all straight, I've invited back onto the program, and she's accepted the invitation, uh, a friend of ours here at KSL, former employee here, Utah State University graduate, and currently a Wall Street Journal congressional reporter, Natalie Andrews, on the line uh, with us now. Natalie, how are you? I'm doing well, Lee. How are you? Not too bad at all. I have a little bit of a cold, if you can't hear. I'm sorry for that. But uh, <laughs> you feel better, Sam. That's kind of you. So l- tell me what you're seeing today. What, what's the mood and feeling? What are you learning today? Really, everyone was focusing on what Murkowski was going to do. And her statement came out right around 1 o'clock saying that she would not support continuing the trial or voting for witnesses. And so it does look like that vote will be defeated. Her statement was really interesting because she basically said that there wouldn't be, she'd come to the conclusion that there wouldn't be a fair trial in the Senate. So she wasn't going to support it. So there we are. So that vote will probably be in the next few hours on witnesses. And then we expect Democrats to propose a lot more motions that could delay the trial into the night. What types of motions could be uh, introduced by by either side? Well, we know that they might try to... Senator Chris Van Hollen had one that he wanted the Supreme Court Justice Roberts to weigh in on. And sorry, it's a little noisy here, but... Um, no, that's all right. What's the Supreme Court Justice to weigh in on some documents, maybe put some pressure there. Um, we know that Senator Sherrod Brown wants to make all deliberations public. These are votes that are not likely to pass, but they may put some Senate Republicans in a tough space. The Senate Republicans have 53 53 votes, so they can defeat any motion unless they support it. And the process of introducing these motions allows uh, uh, folks to have time to speak on the floor uh, in, in defense of that specific motion, but as we've seen thus far in these proceedings, also take the opportunity to make their larger case. Yeah, I mean, they introduce the motion, they may t- say why. However, in the impeachment trial, is what's really interesting is a senator may make the motion, and then we see the impeachment managers and Donald Trump's defense team have to speak to it, whether they like or whether they want it or oppose it. Let me ask you about this one uh, item. I was fascinated at the notion, and this came, I think, last night before we really knew the ultimate position of Senator Murkowski. The the idea that the vote cast could be 50-50, and that mm-hmm. would have left us. Now, it's unlikely that that's going to happen. The, the writing's kind of on the wall right now that it'll end up uh, being 51 votes to kill the motion to summon witnesses. But yeah. had it not been that, had it been 50 
50-50, there are a few things that could have happened. Now, a 50-50 vote, a tie, is insufficient to pass a motion. But as the Supreme Court Justice John Roberts is there empowered to break ties if he so chose. Uh, and, and I was fascinated to see uh, if, it, if, if that situation did arise, what he would have done. Certainly. Democrats seem to think that if that situation ha- had come up, that he would have not waited and he would have taken himself out of it and not chosen to put himself into such such a moment that could essentially change the prospects and outcome of the trial. And allow the motion to fail merely as a time. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, tell me, you, you mentioned there's noise in the back. Where are you right now? I am in the third floor of the Capitol building, and um, I stepped out into the hallway because the booths that we usually use are all full with reporters doing similar radio calls and things like that. Um, But I'm just right outside the chamber, the press gallery. Let me ask you a personal question, uh, and I'm sorry for this. I've asked you a few of these over these last few weeks that you and I have been touching base on these impeachment proceedings. This is not only an important time for uh, for you and all the folks who are there reporting on this professionally, uh, but you there are some times in history and in the course of your professional work that you witness something that almost transcends the day-to-day uh, job. Have you have you had a, a chance to, you know, in kind of some of the quiet moments to uh, reflect and think about this and how you'll remember it uh, and how you'll uh, kind of teach it to the next generation? I don't want to disappoint you, but this trial has involved several 16 16- our days and such like that. So <laughs> I hope that at some point we get a moment to reflect. But basically the schedule right now has been get home at midnight, wake up, get to work by 9 or 10, and start over. So. Well, ma- make sure in the little bits of time you do have. Yeah. Make sure that you, you archive everything, save everything. Uh, this is I, I am very, very I'm very grateful for my position here uh, behind this microphone uh, here at KSL. But I absolutely envy you and the other folks who are assigned to be there uh, with a front row seat to uh, this history as it plays out. I'm proud of you and I'm envious I mean, of you. We'll cover. Yeah, we'll cover the vote. I, we think the final vote will be Wednesday, and then. That will hopefully offer some time to think. It sounds like the senators are probably going to take a weekend. So that will also offer a break to all and certainly allow some to get to Iowa for the weekend. Now, that's an interesting thing. It will require a motion to get us through the weekend. Is that correct? It may. um, It depends. We understand that leadership is trying to come to a like some sort of unanimous consent agreement that would set the parameters for the rest of the trial. And so... What that means is that Schumer and McConnell are just talking and seeing what their caucus would agree to. Um, we know these senators are tired and will often agree to, um, will, uh, they'll often vote to or just give their consent on motions that allow them to go home. So sure. we could see a break for the weekend. Maybe they come back on Monday and do something. Or maybe what we also know is that senators want a chance to go on the record here and speak. So you may see a motion to for the Senate to move into a period uh, they call it morning business, but it doesn't have to be in the morning where the senators can speak on the floor and can put kind of their stamp on how they feel the past two weeks have gone. And then Wednesday, which is after the Iowa caucuses, after Donald Trump's State of the Union, on Wednesday there will be a vote. Are, is there much talk about those two factors or kind of these two little elephants that are starting to enter the room? Uh, Iowa on Monday, the caucuses there, and then the State of the Union address on Tuesday? 
Certainly. I think the Iowa caucuses have been hovering over this entire process because Senator Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Amy Klobuchar all want to be in Iowa and Michael Bennett to some extent, but they all want to be in Iowa right now. Uh, Amy Klobuchar has her daughter doing events for her. They all have surrogates running around, but this is a big focus and Democrats are thinking about it too because they want to defeat Donald Trump in the fall and they want their best candidate to have a chance to campaign. So it is certainly a elephant in the room. And then the state of the union, I think there may have been some Republicans who would like to see Donald Trump be able to give kind of a big speech where he was, done where this process is over but right now it doesn't look like either one of those things will happen so well we'll see uh amy Natalie Andrews, I'm grateful to you uh, for, for joining us. Wall Street Journal reporter uh, speaking to us from the United States Capitol in the midst of these impeachment proceedings. You're witnessing history. Have a good one. And I'm grateful to you for sharing it with us. Thanks a lot. Uh, listen, there is a lot on today's program still to cover. I'm going to talk a bit more about these impeachment proceedings. There was a question asked by Senator Warren of Chief Justice Roberts yesterday, uh, and it's just... If I'm honest, it made me sick. It was a petty, petty move, and this isn't a partisan thing. I, I know I, you might be able to pin me down and identify me as one such uh, thinker, but this is not that. This is something that I think is objectively petty. It frustrated me, and it, uh, it made me a little upset last night as I saw it for the first time. Again, a question asked uh, during these impeachment proceedings, written on a card and handed over to Justice Roberts by Senator uh, Warren. And we'll talk about that next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is K. KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.